Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, just a couple announcements before we get started. I, Jenny Owen Youngs, will be on tour opening for my friends Streetlight Manifesto from June 23rd to July 1st. If you're in Denver, Las Vegas, Tempe, San Diego, Anaheim, San Francisco, Portland, or Seattle, I will be coming to a venue near you. You can get all the details at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash tour. Yes, and hopefully I'll be at the Anaheim through Seattle shows with any luck. Woo! With any luck, I will be there too. But if you live on the East Coast near to New York, you should come out and celebrate Pride with me at my fifth annual All Ages Pride Celebration. It's being held at Housing Works Bookstore Cafe down on Crosby Street in Manhattan. It is my favorite event that Everyone is Gay puts on. Uh, hundreds of young people and their families come out. We are having music from B. Studwell, Julia Weldon, and we are this year having the Slam Team from Urban Word New York City perform. Gabby Rivera and myself will be hosting. It is a blast and there will be free snacks. So come out. It's June 24th. That is a Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. You can find out more about Jenny's tour or my Pride event by going to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and clicking on our events page. Welcome to yet another episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. (laughs) My name is Kristen Russo, and this week we're talking about season two, episode 19, I Only Have Eyes for You. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. I Only Have Eyes for You was written by Marty Noxon and directed by James Whitmore Jr. and originally aired on April 28, 1998. This is the one where Sunnydale High School is haunted by the ghosts of a former student and teacher who reenact their tragic romance through the bodies of the school's current inhabitants. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't write it. The school's current inhabitants. 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 Well, I mean, it's one way to put it. Jenny. Jenny. Yes. Do you want to tell them or should I I'll tell them, tell them that right you now, tricked me you can't. into having a Buffy the Vampire Slayer themed wedding? Well, is what I learned this episode. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer themed first dance. First dance. Okay, fine. Our first dance was to the Flamingos recording. Of I Only Have Eyes for You, which you hear twice in this episode. Twice, but um, we found a piece of information about the song. It's mysterious, and this might be a poltergeist intervention or something, (laughs) because these flashbacks happened in 1955, but the Flamingos didn't release their version of I Only Have Eyes for You until 1955. Nine. Maybe, maybe the initial memory was the original recording, mm. and then the ghost, the poltergeist, you ghost know, is heard like really the new, into yeah records. Heard still. the new version and sure, just like sure. really needed a, a pick me up. Yeah, well, it is definitely the best version. You know what I would have picked uh, for for my song? What's that? Any song by Frente. Uh-huh. Remember how Frente is sort of in this episode. Frente is kind of in this episode in that Angie Hart's post. Frente band Splendid is performing on stage of the bronze at the top of the episode. Which like blah 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 Frente. You know okay, what I mean? I'm yes. sorry. It's just I only have an association with Frente. I love Frente. You love Frente. Love Frente. Most people who grew up in the 90s and who like were alternative music fans. Mm. Le- remember alternative music? That Vaguely. was like a whole genre. It was Is that even a genre a anymore? Thing. Is that a real thing? It's unclear. Anyway, we loved Frente. Um, if you don't know Frente, well, you know what? If you do know Frente, congratulations. I'm going to play just two tiny clips. If you don't know Frente, you should immediately go out. What was the name of the album with the fish on it? Uh, Marvin. That was Marvin the Album. Marvin. But I personally really oh. love Shape. 
shape okay i don't know follow up i think i just had i think i just had that one album i don't know i don't know anymore but anyway on that album there's a cover of um bizarre love triangle you might you might remember this Listen to her. You know, it's real. It's a problem of fine, but it's a problem of fine. Oh boy. Living the life that we have left behind. Is that the lyrics? Yeah, you're very yeah? you're dangerously close to it. Dangerously close. It's good for me. Well above your average. Anyway, we pan from Frente, or whatever, to Willow wearing an incredible rainbow sweater. <laughs> And then pan up, really nice shot where Willow looks up and the camera follows <laughs> Willow's gaze up to the rafters where Buffy is standing in her like gold lame pants. Mm. We do not have Kate Lath here with us this week, but oh it's boy. It's a crying shame. It is a crying shame. I'm sure that Kate will have many thoughts on these gold pants. The theme of this entire episode is a Sadie Hawkins dance. Mm. Usually we make it more than like two seconds into the episode without talking about the fucking patriarchy. Uh We don't make it here, do we, Jenny? We sure don't. Because this guy walks up to Buffy. Is that his name, Ben? His name's Ben. He's wearing a paisley shirt and dress pants (laughs) for some reason. Despicable. I mean. And he's like, mm, don't you remember me from Algebra 2? You sat in the row next to me three chairs back. Creepo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fine, whatever. He's not an immediate creepo. I didn't think he was an immediate creepo. but he It's like, not like he's been sketching her while she sleeps or true. something. Solid, solid point. But he walks up to her and he's like, hey, I heard about this Sadie Hawkins dance and wondered if you wanted to ask me. Uh, I have a lot to unpack here. Okay. I want to start there. Because sure. the fuck, man, the fuck are you doing? You're supposed to, it's the one, the one time we're going to get there. Don't worry. I'm not just going to say blanketly. This is the one time where girls get to ask boys to the dance and leave it there. Right, right, right. I'm coming back. But it's the one time where the girls are supposed to ask the boys to the dance. And this ding dong comes up <laughs> to her at the thing and basically asks her to the freaking dance like a ding dong. Yeah. I'm so, he's a real ding dong. He's a real ding dong. Ben, ding dong. You know what else is a ding dong? The fucking Sadie Hawkins dance. I looked it up, right? <laughs> I looked because I was like, who is the Sadie Hawkins? Like, is the Sa- is Sadie Hawkins like a feminist from yesteryear? And that's like what's happening in this situation? Sadie Hawkins is not a real person. Um, sorry, Sadie. The Sadie Hawkins dance is named after the Lil Abner comic strip character, Sadie Hawkins. Uh, In the strip, Sadie Hawkins Day fell on a given day in November. The unmarried women of Dogpatch got to chase the bachelors and, quote, marry up with the ones they caught. Lord. The event was introduced in a daily strip which ran on November 15th, 1937. This is unlike traditional dances where the men chase the women. This empowers the... I'm reading an article. I'm not opining (laughs) in case it wasn't clear. This empowers women to chase after what they want and not just wait for it to walk their way. Oh, so Here. this is complicated because I'll give it I'll give it a kernel, a tiny kernel that's wrapped up inside of a mound of bullshit. Mm-hmm. In there's a little kernel of like, hey, women don't get to have autonomy over shit. Like they've been positioned historically to just say yes or no, or oftentimes not even given the the option to say yes or no. So Let's give them this great opportunity. <laughs> to, and there, there is a kernel. A once in a lifetime There's chance. a kernel. Right. There's a kernel of like, sure, I'm all for like women having more autonomy and like the structure not just being that, you know, men ask women things and women then say yes or no. Like, fine. Mm-hmm. But it's wrapped up in this total heteronormative bullshit way where it's like ooh we're empowering women and what is the power they get to ask a man to take them to the dance (laughs) I immediately after looking up where Sadie Hawkins came from and getting angry thought I wonder if Autostraddle has ever written anything about Sadie Hawkins I want to hear what they have to say and lo and behold none other than Reese Bernard the CEO and editor-in-chief of Autostraddle had written four years ago an article on an episode of Glee where they had a Sadie Hawkins dance. And I just want to read, just first of all, if you've never read any of Reese Bernard's recaps of episodes of anything. Yeah, they're pretty priceless. You, will, you could spend the next couple of months of your life delighted to no end at mm-hmm. the way that this girl recaps an episode. But I'm just going to pull out this. So apparently in this episode of Glee, the Sadie Hawkins dance, uh, the girls are going to sing to the boys to ask them to the dance. So Reese says... 
This is so empowering. I feel like the Statue of Liberty. Maybe next week the girls can pick out their own wedding dresses and the week after that they can pick out new drapes. The possibilities are endless. Yeah, I mean, and uh, really just sort of the structure, well, it's just, I'm just wondering how we would go to the Sadie Hawkins dance. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, Jenny. We would be caught in an infinite yeah. feedback loop <laughs> of not being able to ask each other. <laughs> no, no, of being able to ask someone but not each other because we would have to ask a boy. Yeah. So <gasps> what if we asked a boy, what if I was like, hey, Steve? Do you want to ask Jenny if she will go with me to the Sadie Hawkins dance? I don't think that... It doesn't work, because you would have to ask... You're right. It doesn't work. We'd have to go as a thruple. We'd have to both ask the same boy and then ditch him. That'd be the only way. All right. And you know what? (laughs) (laughs) What? Just like... Because Cordelia has a moment with the Sadie Hawkins dance. Uh Right? And I just found it fucking fascinating and and amazing and troubling. All of the things. I mean, it's Cordelia, so of course. Cordelia's like, I'm boycotting the the dance because this is all wrong. It's it's out of order. And I and I find it like it's it's a troubling <laughs> comment because in her opinion, Cordelia's opinions, the the men should only ask the women, right? So it's like backwards. And, and like, the men should pay. And the men should pay. But also we know Cordelia's character, and Cordelia's character is somebody who always takes what she wants exactly the way she wants it in no other way. So there's just something very interesting because I feel I feel troubled about the Sadie Hawkins dynamic. I don't think it's good. I think it's bad. I don't think it's it's the way to give women their autonomy. <laughs> I think there are better ways. And I feel one day in the whole year. Right. And I feel like Cordelia's like, yo, the fucking system is like this, and I'm doing fine. <laughs> like, which is complicated because Cordelia has a lot of power in different ways. She's a white woman, she's a wealthy white woman. Mm-hmm. Fine. But I just, I guess what I'm trying to get at is I feel that we could do an entire episode on the Sadie Hawkins dance, the character of Cordelia, Kristen Russo's feelings. I could go on forever. Is it this episode? It's, I mean, I, yeah, it's happening right now. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep spieling, but mm. I, I have a lot of feelings about it and, and some of them were summed up by this fucking ding dong. So this asking, ding dong, ding dong, asking Buffy to the dance when he's not even, of course. <sighs> The patriarchy. Uh-huh. You have to say it. The patriarchy. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so soon. So soon in an episode. Too find soon. It. Anyhow, more probably more patriarchy right around the bend in this hallway scene. Uh, we see two teens fighting. And uh, we don't know yet what they're fighting about. Oh, luckily, Buffy has chosen to patrol in the high school tonight. Yeah, she <laughs> left the bronze to patrol. And went right to the high school. Yeah, did she like forget a book or something? Mm. I don't. Anyway, good thing, good thing, because here, right here, are these two teens in my, one of my favorite kinds of Sunnydale High School scenes, which is a hallway scene, so the camera can go I 360 it. degrees around the people. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's it reminded fun. me of the opening scene of Welcome to the Hellmouth yeah, yeah, with yeah. Uh, with good old Darla. Darla, right? Same like same hallway or at yeah, least yeah, same or, general yeah. vibe. Um, and then we get a gun. We get a gun. I don't like a gun in a Buffy episode, but I do feel that this particular gun has a purpose. Jenny gave it a name. What it's you- a polter gun. A polter gun because it just disappears because I was like, what are the how does, why does the gun just disappear? And if the gun disappears, why doesn't the bullet disappear? Hmm. You know what the answer Maybe is? Maybe the bullet does disappear after it has penetrated. Oh, so it's, it's like, like that old riddle what? that the answer, <laughs> the answer is icicles. What? Oh, <laughs> The way that Jenny loves to tell her riddles. <laughs> she gives answer you first. the answer. <laughs> you, yeah. you have to name think. that riddle. <laughs> what is icicles? <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, the, the answer, I think, to why does the gun disappear and the bullet, it's just metaphysics, right? Metaphysics, ghost gun, polter gun. Metaphysics. I'm um, also, I have a bone to pick with Buffy here. She's in the school, she sees the teens. I mean, she probably doesn't think, hey, there are some teens because she too herself <laughs> is a teen. But she sees these peers um, and she sees one pull out a gun. And her instincts, now she's great with vampires. She's great with even werewolves. She's great with all manner of demon. But I just don't think that if a person is pointing a gun at somebody, your first response should be to go, hey, 
Like it just, yeah, you say that, but you find yourself in that position. You might be surprised at how you react. Well, uh, no, and I'm not saying it's not a believable response. I'm just saying I don't know that it is an effective response. Ah. Luckily, these two um, characters are caught in a loop, so it doesn't matter what Buffy does um, right. unless she, you know, physically interrupts them. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think that if it were an actual thing happening right then, probably you don't want to startle the person with the gun. Bad idea. I just, right. But it works out. We get... We get one of our first 90s uh, references in this episode with the... Um, oh, yeah. You just went OJ on your girlfriend bit. Yeah. Which OJ was uh, acquitted. Is that what actually happened? Or is that what you say when somebody's found not guilty? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, 95. So this is, you know, enough years Fresh. later for it to be... Right, but enough years for it to be, like, in the canon of, like, referencing it. So we get that. Right. And, and she also, Buffy, later in the episode, talks about Dr. Laura. Oh, so, my God. Yeah, really. Marty Noxon was like, bada-bing, bada-boom. Wow, is that what Marty Noxon was Marty, like? No, because bada-bing, bada-boom didn't come out until later. <laughs> people weren't saying bada-bing, no, I mean, bada-boom before peop- The Sopranos? Of course people no. were I was probably saying bada-bing, mm, bada-boom okay. in the 90s, but Oof. I just meant The Sopranos. It wasn't out yet. Great talk. Oh, Okay, so then we go to Snyder's office where he's furiously looking for any possible way to blame anything and everything on Buffy. Such a delight to see Armin Shimmerman Snyder. again. We have a principal Snyder moment. And, yeah. and we get like, <laughs> we get a double Snyder here, like a double <laughs> Snyder punch with the Buffy sit down in your seat. I have to go deal with, what does he call it? A pathetic little vegan. The pathetic... Billy. Billy the vegan. The pathetic little no-life vegan, ah. Billy, who is... <laughs> I would love to meet Billy. Yeah. Who's Billy? The vegan in Who's 1998. Who's the vegan in 98? Yeah. Right? I, I didn't even know vegans existed in 98. <laughs> I knew I was a vegetarian. I think I was a vegetarian already in 1998. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm no longer a vegetarian, but I think I was a vegetarian from like 98 to 2000, mm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Ate a lot of tomato sandwiches. Great. Anyway, <sighs> then we get Jenny. Then we get in our next scene. So whatever. So Snyder yearbook. Ghost. Yeah, the haunted book falls off the haunted shelf. book. But they don't really get. It's not really. Buffy just, she like just picks, puts it back. She just puts it back. She's like, mm. oh, because she's responsible. If only Principal Snyder had seen her Aww. put that book back. Aww. Might have earned her some points. <laughs> but then we go to Willow and we get some hell math. Hell math. Not just any hell math, but like a hell math joke. For next time, read the chapters on information grouping and binary coding. I bet you'll think coding is pretty cool. I mean, if you find two-digit multi-stacked conversions and primary number clusters a big hoot. I can't retain what she said, but it was great. I loved it. But you're very upset about this scenario. Well, I'm concerned for the welfare of the children because I don't think (laughs) it's appropriate. Classic line, Jenny. Uh, Yeah, that's what I'm always saying. (laughs) I don't think it's appropriate when a member of the faculty dies to just expect a high school student (laughs) to take over teaching the class. I mean, this is highly irregular i mean i think right i think that like it was cute when like jenny calendar asked willow to take over for like a half a class and like maybe fine maybe one more class but it's been a while and willow is just excelling at her new role as as teacher (laughs) and i feel like the sunnydale parent teacher association members are probably not thrilled that this is what their tax dollars are paying for you know what else willow's doing she is going through ms calendar's effects yeah. And divvying them out. Which, like, I guess makes sense because Jenny Calendar doesn't really have any family, you right. know? Because her uncle died. Uncle Enos is gone. And, like, that was pretty much it. So, so yeah. So, this is where, like, things take a turn. Because I was I was chuckling a whole bunch up you until this. I was having time. a great time. Uh, having a mm, hoot. Gun violence. What yeah. a hoot. <laughs> but I just, <laughs> I just really enjoyed the Willow making a really funny joke about math. And then it turns so hard around the bend when... Giles walks in and this is you know a big part of this episode is us seeing now we've gotten through this Freddy Krueger Jr. nonsense of the last episode and now we are really facing Giles's grief Um, and we see that through the whole episode and it starts with Willow saying you know I found this and I did this and you can just see the pain in his eyes and he's so sad and he takes the rose quartz and he walks away with it and then we hear the remembering Jenny yes And I said to to Jenny when we were watching this, like, how cool to be somebody who scores television or movies, but, like, especially television, because you have these themes that come back, and they're so effective. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, I feel 
why am I crying? You know, yeah. like what is and then it's just that like my brain has associated that melody with the sad. I mean, it's a sad song, but I don't think that it would have affected me so powerfully had I not had my brain not made that connection earlier, which is right. so fucking cool. Brains yeah. are so cool. Brains are Music bonkers. is so cool. Um, but sad. This is a sad scene. Uh, and then and then we go to Buffy. Buffy in class, yeah. falling asleep, dreaming a dream of class. Dreaming a dream. Yeah, she doesn't get far in, in space, but she does get far in time. <laughs> ah! <laughs> she dreams of the same classroom in 1955, and that's where she sees James. Right. A student. Yes. And, and uh, your classic scenario here of teacher-student love. <laughs> right? Right? Because this is like a whole thing. I mean, this is a real thing. This happens all the time. There's this Oh thing. yeah? Yeah. I Oh. Don't, oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you're I mean, right, it's, you're it's right. constantly I feel like every other week there's a headline about, you know, some, you know, teacher student relationship and mm. like there's just a huge amount of conversation around like what is and isn't appropriate. Of course, most of most of the world landing in the camp of like this is never appropriate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then there's like but what? Cuz this I mean, this episode really does not judge their love. Like, no. At all. Like, pretty at, neutral. Right. It's super neutral. It's like the entire pivot point is that she's saying, we can't do this. And he's saying, but you love me. And like the end result is like their love was so powerful that it, that their ghosts stayed behind to resolve this horrible thing that happened because their love couldn't go forward. And at no point does the do the writers of the show or does anything in the show say to us that like this love is wrong. It ends with them like kissing and then going up into somewhere. Wow. Right? You are right. I am right. I am right. And I like I like that. I like to push boundaries. I like to really think about things and I like to really challenge like what is and what isn't appropriate. So classic move when you're hitting on your male student. Yes. Give Lend him a- some Hemingway. <laughs> and then Buffy wakes up in time to see her teacher. Thank God. Who would want to miss this? Writing some possessed shit on the board. Don't walk away from me, bitch. Yeah. Which he writes- we know is, of course, an excerpt from the play that's going on on the balcony every yeah. night. Skipping ahead and we'll talk about this more. I just want to say I loved that when we get to the end and this is Buffy and Angel and they're, they're role reversed because it's very it's a very Sadie Hawkins uh, <laughs> ghost moment where the, wow. where the role switch but that they cut from the actual couple in the 50s to Buffy just so she can call Angel a bitch. I, I just, <laughs> I was like, yeah, good. That was a good decision. I enjoyed mm. that. I yes. enjoyed it. Satisfying. Then Xander gives Sunnydale High School a school motto. Something weird is going on. <laughs> right, which is great. Something weird. Kind of, so I would like a t-shirt that says, Sunnydale High, something weird is going on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> nice. And then this might be one of my favorite uh, poltergeist moments. Oh, actually, it's so great. Uh, it's so not, classic. It, there's so many good poltergeist moments, actually, but I love this fucking locker arm. Oh, my God. It's so great. Right? It's so strong. It's a strong strong it's been working out Xander like I now that I'm saying it I like want to go back and rewatch it because I just feel like Nicholas Brendan does a really good job of like being like do you think that they actually had something pull him or do you think that he just acted that I think that that I think that the back of that locker situation was uh you know reached throughable I think they had a a real a real arm arm. I mean yeah when you see the arm yeah but it just it was just great I don't know it just was great yeah yeah was like really prying him off the locker it was a whole thing the student of course, Hellmouth students to their core were just like right, right, right. Nobody was. It is Tuesday. Yeah. Then Buffy and Xander go to the library oh, immediately, this and everything is perfect. Willow is like, "Oh, Xander, your shirt's all ripped. Did you lose a round of locker time with with Cordelia? Oh uh, no, did closet Cord- time? Did Cordelia win another round in the bl- in the broom closet? Is what she says. Right. Great. Willow sharpening her comedy chops. So yes, you don't, yes. You don't sharpen your chops, do well, you? Well, you, you hone hone them. You lick them. <laughs> lick your chops. <laughs> sharpen your wits. We're clearly masters of the English language. Yeah, we know a lot of things about a lot of things. But and then there's Giles. This, oh my god, this great moment of lo- locker monster, Loch Ness monster. Oh my god, so excited, so excited. And then he's so excited about the paranormal. Right, 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 right. right, right. Just ooh, sounds like paranormal phenomenon. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, then Buffy says, oh, god. "Oh, we've got some bad boo. Yeah, we've got a bad boo. A bad boo. Great." So they're like, they're sorting through this poltergeist thing and trying to figure out like, what do we need to do? 
And what they determine is that the the poltergeist, the, the spirit that's haunting the school, needs some kind of closure. So they, they realize, like, we need to figure out what this thing wants. Oh, and right, Buffy's right. Like, I don't care what it wants because she's yeah, all conflicted. She is over-identifying much, uh, as Cordelia, as Cordelia notes says. later. Okay, so then we see George and Ms. Frank. And we haven't even mentioned, oh, my gosh. All of the the guest stars in this episode. Oh my god! So some of them many. did great things before. Some of them went on to do great things. Uh, the guy who's playing James is, of course, Christopher Gorham from Ugly Betty and Kristen's favorite show, Covert Affairs. <laughs> you guys, I loved Covert Affairs because I love Piper Parabo. We also see John Hawks in the role of George, the janitor. And he went on, of course, to be uh, one of the leads in Deadwood. And he was in Me and You and Everyone We Know. Right. And a bunch of other things. Right. And then Ms. Frank... The, who he's about to shoot. Right. <laughs> is played by... What an intro. Yeah. Ah! He's about to get Spoiler. shot. Spoiler! Yeah. Ms. Uh, Ms. Frank is played by Miriam Flynn, who you might remember as Cousin Catherine from National Lampoon's Vacation, uh, Christmas Vacation. Classic. So, great. Right. So this scene happens. Giles now... Giles hears Jenny whisper, I need you. So yeah. he like, goes out into the hall and this sees this happening. This is like a fucking powerful poltergeist. Ooh. Like this is this is like straight up in the ranking with the poltergeist from the movie Poltergeist in power. Wow. It really, really. And I'll talk about it a little bit more at the end when it really gets fired up here. But this is a fucking <laughs> yeah, powerful this, this ghost. Serious this shit ghost going on. is not messing around. So right. So this scene happens. The gun, the polter gun disappears again. Right. After Giles tackles George. I, I have a question about the consistency of this story, right? And here's my question. This is this happened in 1955, and we are to believe that this ghost has been, well, these ghosts, but really the the angrier one, the the boy, is... Yeah, I, I think what we're seeing is all manifestations of James. But then who possesses... Oh, he possesses both parties? I think, I think? he possesses everyone... I and see. plays out both sides until until he can resolve it. But, exactly. But so it's it's ninety eight. This is this happened in fifty five. It's not even an anniversary. We're like, we're led uh, to like an even numbered right. Like 40 so like years. by by the logic of the story, this would be happening at least every year around the Sadie Hawkins dance. Maybe they haven't had a Sadie Hawkins dance since nineteen fifty five. But be- don't you because think of this terrible tragedy? It? Like. Don't you think they would bring it up? In Listen. The, don't you think the writers Listen. would have let us Perhaps know? Perhaps that scene was cut. I, I'm always, I'm always uh, suspending my disbelief. I'm happy to suspend my disbelief. I love this episode. It's a great fucking episode. I just want to know. Like, what do you think out there? What do you think has, this ghost has been doing from 1956 until <laughs> 1998? Just, just hanging out. Maybe he's gone on rounds. Maybe he didn't do it every year in the same school. He's just been making the rounds of all the Sadie Hawkins dances across the country. But it happened at Sunnydale. I know. I'm just trying to give him reasons here. A tour. Anyway, my next note, Jenny, is yeah. our favorite thruple is moving? Question yes. Mark? Is our yes. favorite thruple they moving? They are on the hunt for some new, re- fresh real estate. Right. And Angel has found, Angelus has found the perfect place. Yes, replete with uh, night-blooming lilac or... I mean, yeah, something. The, the, I saw I saw an Instagram post about late blooming lilac, and I think I confused that with <laughs> night blooming jasmine. Ooh, yeah, I think right. That was it. It's yeah, jasmine. Right, 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 but, right, right. So, do you think that like Willie the bartender and like the stationary man who gives Angel his vampire stationery, there's also uh, <laughs> a, a vamp realtor who's like yeah, for probably. the low low price of six bodies, you can get. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Like, how do they pay? It's... Do they use money? We're never going to get the answers to these questions. Well, they but... kill enough people that they could, like, if they're Pick crafty pocket. about it, pickpocket or, I mean, they could get a little more sophisticated than that. You I think, mean, like, stealing identities? Stealing identities. Credit cards. Taking out insurance policies on people. <laughs> well, anyway, <laughs> our favorite rebel is moving, and this is fucking Angel. Like, this is is particularly despicable. It's but it's so like he almost it's so over the top. Right, he takes it to he takes his like ableist bullshit to a place where like it almost loses its power at this point. Like it's just it's ridiculous. He says like fourteen of his sentences in a row are just different plays on like horrible ableist jokes. You know, he's like hit oh, hit the stairs, take a stand, 
roll with the punch. Like, come on. Please. It's just, please it's not get, even. No. no, it's not. No, no, no. It's not good. But I'm happy to see the three of them again. Yeah, great. Also, Angel's eyeliner has thickened ever so slightly. It has it. You're great. Yes. You're doing a great job on keeping tabs on Angel's eyeliner. Do you Angel think eyeliner that, watch. Do you think that uh, at the Do end I get of a the, jingle? Yeah, well, I was hoping that maybe you would make us a graph. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, could you keep, could you start keeping track now and graph the progress of Angel's eyeliner? Sure. Okay, thank you. So we'll, we'll let you know. We'll give you the start of that graph on social media. <laughs> and then we'll keep it. We'll keep it out. We'll put it, we'll put it on your wall in your office, Jenny. Oh. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch. And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com r-e-a-l-m now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash realm hey there this is justin bartha i made a funny new podcast king of the egg cream it has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like lewis black i'm torn by my feelings for two women bobby cannavale you can eat it or if someone hits you you can put it on your cut Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, beautiful. So after we see our thruple moving, we go back to the library, right? Oh, yeah. And, and this, this is, is sad times. And this is sad times, McGee, over here. Because <laughs> first of all, first of all, before we get to sad times, Giles says that he has searched high and low. <laughs> he and the police have searched high and low yeah. for the gun. They found nothing. If both the police, if both Sunnydale PD and Giles. <laughs> right. Have searched high and low, then the gun definitely is like anywhere around. Also, great job with the police being like, sure, sure, librarian, help us. Yes, help us look for the evidence. Um, and and then I my note here is everyone's broken hearts are really clogging the system. Wow, is is that? I mean, it's sad. We can talk about it how it's sad, but I just like this episode made me think about how you know Buffy is super fucked up because of you know losing Angel. Yeah, she's really not over that, nor should she be. That was a huge. Not, not just over losing Angel, but also over like the fact that because of, I mean, in her mind, because of her actions, Angel not only was lost to her and to everyone, but also killed. Jenny Calendar. Right, right, right. And then that, of Oof. course, how that affects Giles. Yeah, right. It's just like they're a mess, and usually they are leading the charge here. Right, right, right. So I feel like. <laughs> but we... don't worry. Willow, Xander, and Cordelia are up to the challenge <laughs> they're, they're of leadership. Well, they're well aware of their limitations. I feel like the leaders are really not firing at uh, firing with all cylinders, and the three of them are like, oh, shit. You know, like, yeah, are yeah, we yeah. really supposed to be doing this? But, yeah, this is devastating because this is a moment that we see Giles say, I know who the poltergeist is. It's Jenny. Of course it's Jenny. And, like, 
you know, Willow automatically, mm-hmm. of course, using reasoning is like, why would this be Jenny? Like, Jenny doesn't have anything in common. Right. There's no overlap here at all. The only overlap is that, like, there is a spirit who had unresolved issues when that spirit passed. So, or when the person passed, leaving the spirit behind. So, um, this breaks my fucking heart. Me too. But luckily, the Scoobies are ready to um, get into it. They're not, uh, they, they, Go away from Giles. Yeah. And have their separate conversation. Yo, so this conversation really hit me. I made Jenny pause so I could take detailed notes because this is now Willow, Xander, and Buffy. Cordelia's not in this conversation, right? And they have this conversation and Willow and Buffy occupy like polar opposite ends of their experience of this story of the mm. teacher and the student falling in love and the and the student being furious that their love couldn't continue willow is like wow i really like empathize with this situation and sort of like is trying to understand how you know feelings of love and abandonment and all of these things could maybe get wrapped up to a place where you do something that you didn't mean to do whatever Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and buffy of course having been through what she's been through is like fuck that like she is on the extreme of the other end saying like you know you you don't forgive this you don't whatever he deserves what he got and willow was like he deserved to die like do you think that and she's like well no but he deserved to go to jail forever and xander's just like ping-ponging in the middle between them Mm -hmm. and i just i think that it's a really interesting conversation you know to think about crime a crime of passion and where it comes from and how we empathize with people who have done something very very bad or how we have the complete lack of ability to empathize with somebody who has done something bad it's just it's really tricky and i feel like they were trying to unpack it here and i don't know that we got a resolution but that's probably because there's not a resolution you know what i mean Right. It's complicated. It's just complicated. So I'm just taking us deep. It's complicated. Deep thoughts by buffering Hmm. the vampire slayer. But you know what's not deep thoughts? Cordelia eating a school lunch? What happened to her medically prescribed lunch waiting in the fridge? (laughs) Did that end after they found... Dr. Gregory in the refrigerator. Oh, in oh you think Maybe she was, she was so like, scarred? She could never, never go again. back to her prescription I just lunches. Don't, I don't buy Cordelia no. not at least like bringing lunch with her. Yeah, Eating I, that spaghetti, I don't think so. I don't think so either. But I think also like maybe Cordelia, Cordelia's been changing a lot. That's she's, true. She's been really shifting in her values and her positioning yeah. on things. And she's also been like finding a little bit of happiness, Aww. I think. Uh, so maybe she's like, fucking, I'll have some goddamn spaghetti, you know? Yeah, until it turns into snakes and bites her in the face. Uh, that's This is rough. Shout out to Xander for thinking that Sadie Hawkins was invented by a, quote, hairy leg feminist. I just was, I was personally excited about this because I am newly back from A camp and I have not shaved my legs <laughs> or my armpits yeah. since camp. And I just can't do it. I'm just so proud of them. I just, I went swimming today at the pool. I did my laps and I was like, yeah, motherfuckers, I have hairy legs. Suck it. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. So I was you just. told them to suck it? I didn't. In my okay. mind, I did. Ah. Uh-huh. In my mind, actually, nobody looked at me. Nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> but if they did, in my mind, I would have told them to suck it. Um. So I just was like, yeah, shout out to me, you know, shout out to this hairy leg feminist right here. Um, I'm always shouting you out. Thank you. We get we get deeper on the Sunnydale um, governmental and police knowledge of the Hellmouth situation. Oh yeah, 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 this, yeah. This yeah. Is, like there Quick were conspiracy moments. A lot of big things, like big important plot points. This, yeah, Snyder is talking to the police chief. Um, we're on a Hellmouth. How do you expect me to handle this? The police chief is like, "Do you want me to talk to the mayor about this? Because we were told you could handle this shit." Mm-hmm. Um, so just like we hear about a mayor, I wonder if we'll ever meet that. I mayor. wonder if we will. Jenny. Snyder is squirming on that hook. Yeah, it's just it's very interesting to me. I mean, we'll talk about this more um, as seasons move on. But I just like I'm very curious to know the inner workings of the governmental system of Sunnydale. Yeah. Because they know and they're people who know. Like, I just, I'm, I want to know more. Andrew is interested to see what develops. Right. In that department. So then the Scoobies now are like on the case. They're like, they've got a plan. Yes. We're going to use the Mangus tripod, says Willow, when she's got her little gold stars that she puts in uh-huh, a triangle. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And this is what they're going to do. They're going to go to the school. They're going to light the candle at midnight. Exorcism. And... Exorcism, which is so upsetting to Cordelia. Yeah. I yeah. saw that good movie. Reason. I even saw the that. priest died. Even the priest died, which is a good call. I mean, exorcist, whoo. 
I like horror movies. I don't like that movie. <laughs> so Will, Willow's made these scapulas for them to wear around their necks, and she is really spearheading this situation, this yeah. casting, if you will. Yeah, she's really going for it. She's she's doing her duty, her Scooby Duty. We talked a little bit to have. Ha! Uh, you like Scooby Duty? Yeah, that's great. Uh, we talked a little bit with Heather Hogan uh, on the live episode last week about how how she loves Willow so much because of Willow's bravery. That like Willow is really going into these situations, um, like Xander, too, with no with no special skills, no right, power, right. Um, and still sort of risking it Just all. Just good hearts. And Cordelia, my God, excuse me, uh, what's please. going on Are over here that I forgot? Cordelia doesn't have special skills. That's true. You're right. She, she has a million special skills. We go to Drew and Angel. <laughs> and Spike. <laughs> Angel's being very suggestive. Angel's being extremely suggestive, but also Drew has a one of her <laughs> just incredible, brilliant Drusilla visions. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She is she is dancing. She is writhing. She is making all manner of noises. Yeah. I just, I love her. I I really, Jenny. I think she earned her fucking jingle with this scene. Oh, by all means, Drew. Great, 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 great. I have a question. Yeah. The jingle made me think about things we do. We already talked about patriarchy. And then I was like, oh, my God, who are we going to give the sexual attention award to? Is it the ghost and the ghost? Because the ghost plays both parts. Is it... Ooh. Is it poltergeist on poltergeist action? Is that the sexual attention award? <laughs> or it could go to student James and teacher Grace Newman. It could. It could go to Angel, Angel and Drew. And Drew. There's a lot no, going on there. But it, it, that whole, it, it, uh, you could always use an extra set of hands yeah. that Angel says. Right? Because he doesn't, he does not say. Drew could use. Drew could use an extra set of hands. He says Drew and Spike, or he doesn't say Drew and Spike. He says you could both. Use an extra set of hands. I find this interesting. Yeah. I find it interesting that they both are going to get help from Angel's hands in a sexual manner. Tell me more. (laughs) I would like it to go. I mean, I love the idea of giving it to Poltergeist on Poltergeist because it's fun. But I don't know that I can like make it through an episode where these three are a throuple and not give it to them. Yeah. Not to bore the listeners. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're working for it, though. So I don't know, Jenny, but you make the final. I'll give it to the throuple. All right. Throuple it is. Great. They're going to have They're going to need a trophy room. Oh, I love a doomed love, though. Well, can we give out two trophies? You know this what? Week? Maybe we can leave this one up to our listeners. Maybe we could do a poll this week. Please let us know. We're gonna do. We'll no, do a Twitter poll. Yes, everybody, calm down. Stop yeah, sending yeah. your emails. <laughs> <laughs> delete, delete the email. email. Delete it. <laughs> <laughs> if you follow us on Twitter, you will participate in the first user-generated sexual tension award. <laughs> Ooh, this so. is just like American Idol. Yeah, it's just like American Idol. We will tweet out on Wednesday morning. For who will win, Poltergeist on Poltergeist, or the vampiric thruple, or oh, the memory of James or the memory and Grace of, of uh, Ryan. That one's not going to win. I can tell you right now. What? Oh, I guess it is kind of controversial. We'll put it there. We'll put it there. But what the? Pol- no, not because it's controversial. Because it's a snooze fest. That's the that's the whatever. dude love I love. Okay, okay, okay. Well, we'll see. Right you along. know what? You're, you're influencing the audience. I'm influencing the audience. Too. You are. <laughs> How dare Vote you? Vote as your hearts desire okay we'll put it up oh wednesday Lord. morning we'll leave it up for 24 hours yeah. that's it you're listening right. to this episode a week late i'm sorry we're a at day late or even it's over for you on twitter teach you you got to listen right when it comes out so anyway <laughs> willow runs into giles while she's preparing to start her casting yes and they have this like very mutually distracted moment <laughs> you're not supposed to be here neither are you, are you. Yeah. Right. oh hmm scapula hmm sulfa very good mm, yes <laughs> And then he just goes back into the library and Willow goes on her way. And Cordelia. Nobody told Cordelia that when you're in a horror show or movie of any kind, you don't, don't look in the bathroom mirror. Ever. You don't ever look in the fucking bathroom And definitely don't peel off a Band-Aid mirror. while you're looking uh, in the mirror. Come on. This is like straight out of the craft, right? This is like oh, yeah. the character in the craft. I can't remember her name. Uh, that is so embarrassing. But the character who plays Marsha in the Brady Bunch, the blonde in the craft. All right. I can't remember oh, her name. Sounds like a person. Anyway, she she is like the Cordelia of the craft. She's very concerned with her appearance and her looks and what have you. And her 
thing is that all of her hair starts falling out. Oh. Right? And so this just reminded me of the craft for two reasons. One, because the same thing. It's like, you know, the poltergeist knows that Cordelia is weak spot. Um, just like in Nightmares is her appearance. Right, right, right. Uh, and so, like, you know, gives her this huge scar on her face. And also, the scar reminded me of the craft because Nev Campbell's character right, has right. the scarring on her back. And yep. that's the whole thing. That's the whole pop point. So I thought this was very crafty. Wow. And then... Willow in the floor. Now, this is straight poltergeist. Just getting sucked into the floor. Right? Because, I mean, the, whole, the poltergeist. Have you seen the poltergeist movies? Uh, Jennifer! Jennifer! No, I've definitely seen poltergeist. Just, but um, not, like, just a recently long, enough um, to... Remember? Really remember. Uh, I know the TV is on, and they're, like, they're here. Sh- and she gets sucked into the, the clown, TV. the terrible oh, clown. Oh, Yeah, everybody knows about the clown. But she right, gets, she gets sucked into the TV. Into the TV, and then she's in this alternate reality where they can watch the white static on the television right. and hear her in the background. And it just reminded me of this with Willow getting sort of sucked into the floor where like what would happen to Willow if Giles didn't take her out of that yeah, where situation? Would where would she be? be? Right. Would she be in another dimension? Now? Who knows? They blow out their candles. They say their chant. It does not work at all. Mm-hmm. And then bees, bees, bees in all capitals. So is- many bees. Also, Willow and Giles have a great shared moment where <gasps> yes. after he saves her, where she's like, Jenny could never be Jenny this could mean. never and he's be like, this I know, mean. I know it's not her. It reminded me that moment between Willow and Giles. It reminded me a little bit of the moment between Buffy and Giles right after Jenny died. Uh, that like grief moment where they were sort of both also on the floor and like sharing yeah, that yeah. very intimate thing. Yep. Um, yeah. So, ugh, Giles. Giles broke my heart this whole episode. Um, you so know they, what else? they run away from the bees. They run away from the bees and Buffy has a sweet door kick. She's like, get out oh, of the yeah. way. Great and Giles kick. is like, sure. And then she just slams her foot, shatters the door. Yes. Great, great, great. Then they regroup at Buffy's house. Oh my God. Where is Joyce? Where is Joyce? Where is Joyce? Like, what if Joyce comes home and it's like... Oh, it's just my, my daughter... Her two teenage friends and the librarian. Drinking a cup of tea out of my teapot. What? Like, come on. Also, I loved how Giles was drinking tea and there was like a cup, a pot of coffee for the rest of them. (laughs) It was like, he's British, so he Mm -hmm. needs tea. Right. And then they have this, we talked about this conversation a little bit about Buffy and forgiveness and where that was all rooted. And Xander has a really like powerful line here. Xander and Cordelia do a great tag team. You know, Buffy gets very upset. She's angry. She doesn't want to forgive um, right, right, herself right. She or says, James destroyed the one person he loved in a moment of blind passion and right. like essentially concludes that like no matter why he did it, it's just something he has to live with. Right. And then Xander says he can't live with it. He's dead. Uh-huh. Right. Sort of trying to bring her back to reality, which doesn't really work. She storms out of the room yeah. and Cordelia says, over identify much? Yes. Ugh. Cordelia. Thanks, Cordelia. You know what? God damn it. Give her her jingle. I can't take it anymore. It's been too many episodes without a Cordelia jingle. Cordelia. I love you, Cordelia. You're perfect, Cordelia. Okay, so then we go to what I called Buffy parting the black bees. You know, because like ah, parting the Red Seas, wow. parting the Black Bees. Wow. Because it is. She like walks up to them and they part yep, and, she, yep. and they allow her in. We've been expecting you, yeah. Summers. And we had a little conversation about Candyman in this Ugh. part. And you hadn't seen it, but. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen a single movie ever in all yeah, time. Yeah, apparently. You're, you're 0 for 4 or something at this point in this episode. But oof, you have seen Candyman. Oof, oof, oof. A lot of bees. A lot of bees. A lot of bees. Um, also, sorry, we didn't mention that that uh, the thing that prompts Buffy to start walking back right. to the high school, she finds the Sadie Hawkins flyer from 55 in her jacket pocket, and she hears Angel whisper the same thing Giles heard Jenny whisper, I need you. Yeah, right. And so we go, Buffy goes into the school, and I think we all think on first viewing of this that Buffy's going to be playing the girl and... You know, we don't know who's going to be playing the boy, Giles. They get to the school, Giles is like, well, there's nobody else in the building. How's this going to work? But Angel, of course, says that wasps don't care about uh, the undead and didn't matter anyway because he could withstand the stings and uh-huh. he's here in the school. And so we think that he's going to play the boy and she's going to play the girl and Buffy's going to get shot. And that's what the Scoobies think. They're downstairs saying she's going to die. And what do yep. we fucking do? Yep. Uh, nothing is their answer, by the way. They just stand down there. Yep. They're like, I mean, we can't, can't go. Can't get through those can't bees. Can't get through those bees, which, I mean, I kind of feel them. And then, but no, 
there's a role switch here. The old Sadie Hawkins switcheroo. This old Sadie Hawkins switcheroo. That's great. Just the old no. Sadie Hawkins switcheroo. <laughs> what do you think? You don't know who you're going to be. It depends on who the Sadie Hawkins if is. I... No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think they switch roles because is it the actual day of the Sadie Hawkins dance? Or do you no. think switch? Do you think they switch roles because in their actual pre-Angel being evil relationship, Angel was older. Angel was saying, "I just want you to have a normal mm. life, and you can't have that with me." Like, I or, don't know. I mean, oh, she does say that, uh, that he James knew. Uh, identifies with, with her, her because she's so sad. Right. And this, like, again, this this poltergeist is so fucking powerful, right? Poltergeist is simultaneously pulling Willow through the floor, showing Cordelia her face with scars, causing snakes to, you know, attack again in the thing, immediately turning into... This is a powerful, powerful, powerful spirit. So I think it is also possible that this spirit is so powerful that it knows that if it occupies them in the roles, in these roles, that it might have a shot. Right. At what it's after. Because because for this cycle to be broken, the person who gets shot cannot die. And we know that Angel cannot be killed by a bullet. Yep. Unless it's a teeny tiny wooden stake bullet. Do you think that would work? Maybe. <laughs> a little mini. Yeah, like how <laughs> big does the... I guess... I feel like it, eventually we see a vampire get staked with like a pencil or something. Yeah. So, so like... So all I'm saying is new invention... Guns for vamps. They shoot wow. little wooden daggers. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that is not what the polter gun has inside of it. The polter no. gun has bullets, so Angel doesn't die. Polter bullets. Po- okay. <laughs> but over the balcony he goes, yes. falls on the steps. And shout out to the polter guys for always having great aim and precision here. Yeah, where the fall, so precise. The fall always happens the same over the balcony. Angel- and Buffy goes to the music room to kill, to kill herself. herself. So she is in danger still. Oh my God! But then Angel shows up. Do we think Marcy is still up there? Is just like, do you think Marcy is just like giggling upstairs? No, Marcy's with the FBI now. But like, maybe Marcy wants to like go back to her old haunts oh, sometimes. Wow. I'm just saying, like, maybe she could be watching everything. So in the band room, Angel, Angel slash the teacher. What's her name? The Grace Newman. Grace Newman comes back and and they have this moment where she says, I'm so sorry. It wasn't your fault. Right. Like, it was an accident. I forgive you. And then, you know, we get... Meanwhile, they're listening to the Falingos version of I Only Have Eyes for You okay. again. Great. Great song. Love it. Wonderful song. I'll be putting up, uh, just so you know, I'll also be putting up on our Twitter and Facebook pages a picture of Jenny and I dancing at our wedding. Wow. To I Only Have Eyes for You. It's so thematic. Wow. Don't you think it's so thematic? Very thematic. So no. thematic. I'm wearing my varsity jacket. It's a whole thing. <laughs> so it's, not. it's a lot. Making out ensues. Well, this is very cathartic for the viewer, too. Like, right. We... Just, like we want almost as much as Buffy wants to kiss Angel, you know, old Angel again. We yeah. want to see their love again. I think. Yeah. Um. I mean, I do. I shouldn't speak for all of you, but like, I know I wanted to see it, and like, getting that moment, even though we know it's not them, it's these spirits that it's like living through them. We get to see it. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. The spirits sort of like ascend together into Marcy's room, and then Angel comes to. Uh, well, Buffy sees Angel, and uh. Heart. That's oh. a moment. That's a really hard moment because she so just rough. says like angel, and then he just like recoils and books it. Just runs and runs immediately. Runs immediately to his new home where he takes a shower in the outdoor fountain with his pants and his shoes on. Yeah. I'm furiously you know, scrubbing his upper half. We had issues with Angel putting all of his clothes back on before going into the alleyway in the rain, and I have I take issue again here. Are you going to shower or are you not going to shower? We know that everybody's seen you naked because you're definitely all having sex together. That much is clear. So why are you showering with your pants on, buddy? That's all I want to know. Great question. He's disgusted with love. He felt um, even a millisecond of love is way too much for a vampire yeah. to handle. So he needs a good kill. So he and Drew leave. Yes, in search of a toddler. Sorry, toddler. And then. And then. Spike stands <gasps> Up and kicks his chair unnecessarily. Unnecessary and also dangerous because, like, probably he's going to want to use the. Like, I'm guessing that he's going to want to use the chair again. Yeah, if he didn't stand up already, is it right? He's definitely playing some kind of con. So, like, maybe don't break your chair, man. But this is 
This is a big fucking deal. And Jenny, I don't know if you know this, there's only three fucking episodes left in the <gasps> fucking season. <gasps> so Spike standing up and being like, uh, back to his at least near to full power, yeah. at least at least enough power to not need the wheelchair. And also his like uh, face has also healed, which I think we we're seeing really yeah, for the first yeah. time in this episode. That no, it's been gradually healing. It has been yeah, gradually they've healing. Been Good doing job, a great job with department. that. I'll, I'll be making another graph. Don't uh, worry. <laughs> Um, so yes, but my last note of this episode is Spike's back. Really excited to see what that's going to mean. Yeah. Wow. This was a great, this episode was fantastic. Well written. Marty Noxon knocking it out of the park. As usual. Yeah. Well acted. So many fun guest stars. And we got to learn all about how much we hate Sadie Hawkins dances. Yes. Yes, we did. So a win, 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 I'd say. (laughs) Well, hey, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not watching Buffy with Kristen, I'm usually writing and recording songs. You can learn more about me and hear some of those songs at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering, and you can give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. My name is Kristen Russo, and you can find me on Twitter at Kristen Nolene. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. You can also learn about the work that I do with LGBTQ young people and their families over on my website, KristenNolene.com, or at the respective websites that do that work everyoneisgay.com or mykidisgay.com buffering the vampire slayer is on twitter and facebook at bufferingcast and you can always drop us an email at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com you sure can you can also drop us a really great review over on itunes that would be great we love those we love you and we love those there are other great ways to support us you can head on over to our website bufferingthevampireslayer.com and click on patreon that is a place where we have one dollar five dollar and ten dollar supporters who support us every month keeping us going and also get some really cool stuff at the dollar level, you get into the secret Facebook group, which is rife with wonder and vampire <laughs> lore. Uh, and at the wow. $5 level, you get our songs every week in advance, which is pretty rad. Uh, there's tons of things over there. We would love for you to join our Patreon family. You can also support us over on Stitcher. Stitcher Premium is an awesome place where you get exclusives, originals, and you get our episodes ad-free. You can sign up for a free first month and get $5 off by just going to stitcherpremium.com forward slash Buffy. Plus, uh, one, one other way. Uh, if you like shirts, if you like t-shirts, we've got them. We've got t-shirts, we've got pins. You can also find those on our website. Thanks for all the support that you do give us because it is the reason that we can keep this podcast alive. Or perhaps undead. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time. Uh, Lunchroom snakes, killer bees, quicksand stairs, and Cordelia Delia's face. Fights repeat, and Miss Frank, she fell over the balcony. Because you need forgiveness, you can't receive. Go on and haunt somebody I've got some problems myself Better than you Go on and haunt somebody else right now you flatter yourself And closure for you Is so long overdue shape of you still lingers on everywhere can't escape from the dirt or the air all because you need forgiveness you can't receive go on and haunt somebody else I see Shout and 
to try to find ways to find peace and art and love and connection in the midst of the chaos of life. So that's life writing. I am so excited to have comic and daily show correspondent Roy Wood Jr. Well, hello. That joke was birthed from my trip to the African-American Smithsonian in DC, which that was the first time I saw something where, all right, on this floor, it's nothing but good news. Mm. We've gone through slavery, we've gone through desegregation and emancipation proclamation and reconstructing but on this floor beyonce michael jordan Issa ray thank you for coming <laughs> come and join us on life writing for more stories like these and the tools writers need to make yourself the hero or heroine of the adventure of your life life writing is available wherever you get your podcasts